In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. It's a wonderful passage of scripture, I can't wait to get into it. But I have got a bit of context to put in first, okay? So, uh, now we know that um, over recent uh, weeks, over recent weeks, we've been looking at the whole subject of discipleship, haven't we? And um, uh, over the last couple of weeks, Ian has been looking at disciple study. And we've been looking at the importance of studying if we're going to be real disciples of Jesus. And before that, uh, Mark and Malcolm both looked at the issue of forgiveness, didn't, didn't they? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do like the odd nod. That's good. I, I need the occasional demonstration that you're not asleep. That is always appreciated for a preacher. Okay, so yes. So um, we, we learned that disciples are people who know they have been forgiven for their sin. But also, we are people who forgive others when they sin against us. That is part of the deal. That's what a Christian looks like, that we are forgivers of people. And we've looked at a whole bunch of other uh, different subjects. Today, I want to take a look at something that is actually very important for all disciples. And without changes to this part of you, you will always struggle to live out a successful Christian life. You'll always be hampered if there isn't change here. You'll always be kept shallow in your faith. You'll be like a tree without a proper root system. And the area that needs change is in the mind in the mind and specifically what you uh, think about what you believe about God and really importantly what you believe about yourself so today the, the talk is called disciples think or who's the governor and that will become clear perhaps a little bit later on so we need to be clear then that the mind for all Christians we talk about spiritual warfare, don't we? And we think about demons being cast out and all sorts of things come to mind. I want to say to you that your mind is an area of spiritual war. There is a war, a fight that goes on in your mind. And uh, I guess if you believe, therefore, that you are insignificant, if you've been taught that somewhere in your life, or you feel you're a failure, or you're useless, lots of people have had that spoken over them. Haven't that? Were you ever told that at school? You are so useless. Who's had that spoken over them? Yeah, lots of people. Lots of people. And if you believe that stuff, what's going to be the outcome? Yeah. Yeah. You will be a failure or useless, more than likely. But if you truly believe, Christians, if you truly believe that you are loved, say loved, Good, that's a good technique. I just heard that the other day. I'm going to use a bit more on that. If you believe that you are loved, excellent, powerful, an achiever, an overcomer. The next one's too long, so we can't do it. Okay. But if you, if you believe you're wanted, you're significant, then that's going to be your direction of travel, isn't it? So do you get why? What goes on in our minds is so important. The Bible's really clear uh, about it. Romans uh, 12.2 says this. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Please, Max. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's really important that we get the right thoughts going round our head. Really, really important. So perhaps I could say, who's the governor of your mind? What governs your mind? What governs your mind? Okay, so today what I'm going to do is uh, I'd like to look at some things that I think will help us with our thinking. And uh, I'm going to look at what's commonly known as the three A's of adoption. Now, when you became a Christian, you know that you were adopted into God's family, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah say adoption. adoption. Very good. You were adopted into God's family when you became a Christian, when you gave your life to him. And uh, so I'm going to look at the three A's of adoption. And they are that you are accepted in Christ, that you are that you have access to God and that you are affirmed by God. I want to suggest to you those are really those are three really essential bits of truth that as a Christian need to be in your mind. Because if you believe something else, inevitably in other words, if you, sorry, if you're uncertain about any of these things, it will mean that you probably believe something else. Yeah, something that isn't true. So um, today, I'm going to particularly focus on this whole thing that God affirms us. God's affirmation. God's affirmation. Okay, so God loves us and he loves to affirm us in his love and his approval of us. So what is affirmation? Well, let's turn to the dictionary. Let's have a little look at it. This is what the, the dictionary says. It is to state something emphatically or publicly to offer someone emotional support or encouragement. And then I've added just under here, I think it's a confirmation of something that you know is true. It's a confirmation of something you know is true. Stereotypically, this is the story of someone who's forgotten how to affirm. So a man marries his wife. And 20 years later, his wife says, do you still love me? And he says, I told you on our wedding day that I loved you and nothing's changed. Why do you need to hear it again? What's that man, has he stopped loving his wife? No, he hasn't stopped loving his wife, but he's failed to affirm her in his love just been thinking about this. I want to suggest to you, every child that exists needs to know, needs to know their parents' affirmation. They need to know the affirmation of mum or dad, or both. They need to hear something like this. They need to hear the words, I love you. You are my child. I'm your mum, your dad, and I am delighted in you. I'm so proud of you. I think the world of you. I, I, I'm thrilled that you and I have relationship together. I think we know that, don't we? To, to, for kids to grow up healthy, they've got to have the affirmation of mum or dad, haven't they? We know that, don't we? It's the same spiritually. 
and knowing the affirmation of God is essential for all of us. And I want to say knowing the affirmation of God is different to knowing, uh, knowing having the information that you're loved. You can know that you can be told that you're loved. Uh, sorry, you can you can know that it's true, but it's different to it being spoken over you. It's like it's like the man who tells his wife, "I love you," and then fails to tell her again. When I tell Rach I love her, it affects her every time. In a good way, you understand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She doesn't worry by it. <laughs> I love this passage of scripture. And we see, just like a, ch- a, normal, a child in everyday life, what do we see spiritually happening? Well, Jesus is being baptized. Jesus is being baptized. And what does the Father yell out from heaven? He says this, You are my beloved Son, and I am well pleased with you. Go back to our definition. What is affirmation? To state something emphatically or publicly to offer someone emotional support or encouragement. That is what has just happened there. The father has affirmed his son. He's just, and I love the way, I love this passage because it's, it's, here is Jesus just being baptized and suddenly the Bible says, a voice appears from heaven. Well, I, 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 what is that like? Can you imagine? A voice suddenly, suddenly appears. Like, what? Who was that? And it's the father. It's the father who's passionate about his son. And he's desperate to communicate. Desperate. He's urgently wanting to communicate. Hey, I want to affirm you. You're my son. I, I'm just so pleased with you. This emphatic statement is made over Jesus. I love the way also, actually, have you noticed the scripture? It says, um, uh, Jesus looked up. And he said he saw the heavens being torn open. Who was doing the tearing? The father. The father was saying, I am so wanting to affirm my love for my son that I am going to tear the heavens open so that I can shout out, I love you. I'm so for you. It's wonderful. It's like, it's like a father or a mother who goes to one of their kids' um, ceremonies at school, all right? And they're going to get a, a cup or something or a certificate for doing well. And all the other kids go up. And then their kid goes up. And it's like this parent can't contain themselves. And they just jump up in the middle of the thing and they shout, That's my son, my daughter. That's mine. And I'm so proud of them. I mean, that would be really embarrassing, wouldn't it? But... You've done that, have you? All right. Oh, well, we'll pray about that afterwards. But it's kind of like that. We see the father bursting out, don't we? I think the issue here... Oh, yeah, I just want to say this. So Jesus, before his ministry started, heard that affirmation of the father's love over him before his ministry started. So in other words, Jesus had not done anything to deserve it. Had Jesus gone to the cross yet? No. 
No, he hadn't. Had he raised the dead yet? Had he been through the devil's temptations yet? No. Had he healed the sick? Uh, no, as far as we know. Were there any miracles? No. So what had he done to deserve this amazing affirmation? Answer, nothing. Nothing. This tells us, this statement, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That tells us, I think, more about the father than it does the son. It tells us what's in the father's heart towards his children. If we could tear heaven open now, what would we see? We'd see a father who speaks over you saying, you are my beloved children. I'm so pleased with you. I'm so proud of you. You're magnificent. It's what's in the heart of the father. It's what's in the heart of the father. That's good news, by the way, all right? <laughs> you need to know that because these words were spoken over Jesus, they are spoken over you. See, so you're in Christ now. You're in Christ. So the things that were spoken over Jesus, in, in this regard, they are also true of you. This is how God feels about his children. Now the problem with this is that many of us don't actually believe it. Do we? Because we, immediately we, we hear words of affirmation spoken like that over us. Our thinking will, will go something like this probably. That's really good. It's really good. The trouble is, I don't love me. Because I know what's in me. And I'm not pleased with me. Because I sinned yesterday. Hello, is that? Yeah. So if I don't like me, then God certainly doesn't. That's how our thinking goes, isn't it? Or is it just me? Am I, am I, <laughs> am I just on my own here? I think that's the truth of it. So many of us believe we are loved conditionally on our behavior and our performance. Did Jesus do anything to deserve this? No. Have you done anything to deserve the Father's love and affirmation? No. Yet it is what's in the Father's heart towards you. I believe many of you need to know again the affirmation of the Father's love over you. Some of you know that you're loved, but you haven't heard the Father speak it over you. It's the missing bit for some of you. I really believe this as I, was preaching, as I was preparing for this preaching. I thought, Father, I really think we need to hear these words spoken over us. Every child cries out in their heart for affirmation from their parent. It's why the Father spoke it over his own son, Jesus. It's why God speaks it also over you. Let's just, just close our eyes for a minute, shall we? I'm just going to say these words. I'm going to pick up what's been said here. Now, don't intellectualize this, please. This is what the Father says over you. You are my beloved child. And I'm so pleased with you. Don't fight him. See, if you think something different, let me say, you're wrong. 
You and God disagree if you don't agree with him. <laughs> you are my beloved child. And I'm so pleased with you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so pleased with you. I'm so proud of you. He tore the heavens open in order to tell his son that. The father urgently wants you to know you are loved. And he speaks those words over you. You know, God says about this elsewhere in the Bible. He refers to us, his children, as his beloved. He refers to us as his prize, as his treasure, as the apple of his eye. You know what? You are really wanted, you're really liked, and you're really loved by God. And this is profound information that needs to be in the heart of us as disciples of Jesus. Because what's going to happen, let me ask you a question, what's going to happen if you don't grasp this affirmation that God freely gives to you? What's going to happen? Well, the truth is, you're going to try and get it from somewhere else. You'll try and get your affirmation because the need is so strong within us, you'll try and get it somewhere else. And uh, I was listening to a thing the other day about some, some comedians. And uh, they were talking about their relationship with their audience. And uh, what it felt like when they made a big crowd of people laugh. And they had a big crowd of people and they made them laugh. And there was lots of applauding and they would just say, oh, you're such a great... And they said, they freely admitted there was a kind of addiction that they got from that kind of affirmation, love and affirmation that was coming from the audience. And they needed it. Some of them were saying, no, I need... Clearly, that was where they were getting it from. I want to say, when you, when you get your uh, affirmation from performance, how well you do, it's toxic. It's a really toxic thing. Because now they were driven. Now they had to get a bigger laugh than they got last time. Now they had to find a funnier joke than the one they had before. Now they had to do better and better and better. And of course, the demands of that are exhausting. I remember watching a, another a documentary on a young footballer and a young lad and uh, he managed to sign a, a contract with someone. It wasn't a big club, but it was a professional club. And uh, he talked about how terrifying training and playing a game was on a, on a weekend. And he explained what he meant and he just said he was so desperate to hear the words from the coach. You've done really well. Great, you played well. Well done. He was desperate for that kind of affirmation. So needed it from the coach. It meant every time he trained or every time he played, he was terrified that he might not play well enough to get that affirmation from the coach. It made life terrifying for him. Terrifying. I might not get it. Now the tragedy is that as Christians, we do this with God. We say, have I performed well enough for you to say, well done, I'm proud of you today. The, the tragedy is that God gives it to you freely. 
You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. When you become a Christian in Christ, God says, I am so proud of you. You are my child. Because it's in the heart of the Father. It's not about you in some ways. It's just what's in the Father. Uh, I was uh, reading a book by a guy called Phil Wilhue, who's the, um, the lead pastor of a big church in Bedford, King's Arms Church, and he says this, many of us inadvertently live for affirmation rather than from affirmation. And there's a big difference. Uh, if you crave affirmation because of just getting it from the wrong place. Uh, the issue is that you can easily be threatened by other people. Let's say, let's, it can happen in companies, it can happen in churches. Let's say somebody gets their affirmation through, let's say, preaching. Let's say. What's going to happen then if, if I get, let's say I get my affirmation. I don't, by the way, but just in case, let's suppose I got my affirmation through preaching and people saying, well done, Adam, you've done really well. How am I going to respond when somebody else comes along? When somebody else does better than me? Yeah, it's toxic. I'm going to be saying, well, I, I, no, don't you take away my source of affirmation. You back off. It can happen easily in church life. You can get it through being a worship leader or a house group leader. You can get it through serving well on a team. All of those are good things to do. But if it is the source of your affirmation, you're, you're well done. Excellent. You, we approve of you. Well done. If that's where you're getting it from, it'll destroy you. And it'll keep churches small. And when we had lots of new folks come in, and if they, approach, if they feel that attitude is, oh, can I be involved? And you're saying, no, no, don't you, don't you get on this tea and coffee rotor. There's a topical one. I don't mean that, you know, just that. Because that's where I get my affirmation from. You back off. Well, how is that new person? What are they going to feel like? Oh, yeah, this is warm. Nice place to be. It's essential as believers that we, do you see, that we are deeply rooted in the love of God and that we are affirmed by our Heavenly Father and that that is the source of it and not something else. Otherwise, it'll kill. Um, Phil Wilhue again says this. If I measure my worth in comparison to how someone else is doing, then I have traded the security of my sonship. There's a better way to think and live. Quite simply, if you want to live from affirmation, you need not only to receive this from God, but, but give it to one another. We've got to learn to be generous with affirmation to one another. We desperately need affirmation as human beings. And to have someone say to us, you're amazing, you're brilliant, I love having you around and I'm so proud of you. In our church, we teach people to give and to receive encouragement well. If someone encourages you, you're not allowed to, to bat it away and dismiss it. Right, who's done that? Yeah, yeah, we do that, don't we? 
Okay, we're not allowed to do that anymore. We're not allowed to bat away encouragement. If someone encourages you, you're not allowed to bat it away. In fact, we teach people to ask, is there anything else you want to encourage me about? (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad, isn't it? No, no, there isn't. (laughs) I love the way, though, this guy has honestly tried to see the problem and has tried to think, okay, what do we do? How do we change? What do we encourage our church to do to overcome this problem? And I I really get that whole thing about being generous with our encouragement and affirmation. I've heard people bat away, and I've done it. I've batted away encouragement. I don't know, I felt embarrassed, or I felt awkward about it. Actually, I feel corrected by this. No, you're not to do that. You are to receive it. Receive it and let it do you good. Receive something of the affirmation of the Father in it. Hello, can we, yeah? Can we change? Can we start to receive this? Phil uh, goes on to say this. We all need to know the Father's affirmation. How is it with you? So that's the question. How is it with you? How is it with you? How are you doing on where you get your affirmation from? Look, this is not you being told off. Please, you know, you know that, don't you? We're just trying to get better. The, the reality is most of us will get our affirmation from the wrong place. That's where we'll start, certainly. We'll get it from the wrong place. Okay, let's just be honest about that. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not always getting it from the right place. I do get it from affirmation. It's why I'm so upset when somebody doesn't thank me for the task I've done. Ever felt that? They didn't thank me. I put in an extra hour for that. It wasn't acknowledged. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it'll happen to you again then. I wonder if the father will say, well, come on, let's test you again. Test you again. God has this amazing way of putting us in places that where we feel uncomfortable. Why is that? Because he's a nasty father. No, because he's saying, look, let me show you what's going on in your own heart. I love to see change in you. We're on this process, aren't we, of being sanctified, made more like Jesus. Therefore, he's going to put you in places that reveal your own heart to you. Not to expose you, but to show you. Hey, come on. This is a place where you can make progress. Father loves to do it. He loves you. He's for you. Do you believe it? He genuinely will squeeze you sometimes in order to expose what's there. Because he wants maturity for you. He's not prepared to leave you just being grumpy and immature. If you're grumpy, God's going to speak to you. Because that's ungodly. No, not you. <laughs> I was reading the other day about a preacher who had a lazy eye once. And uh, uh, apparently the congregation was terrified of this lazy eye. Because he would be preaching in the middle of, and suddenly this lazy eye would come out and it would focus on someone. And this person would say, oh, no, it's the lazy eye, it's got me. <laughs> weird. Weird, weird, weird. Why don't we pray together? Father, I thank you that you are so passionately for us. 
I love the way, Father, you want to tear the heavens open in order to affirm us and tell us that you love us. I love what you said over your son, Jesus, and I love the fact, although it's hard for me to believe, you feel the same about me and you feel the same about everyone here. Father, I ask you where our hearts are stubborn and resistant to believing the truth of your word, I ask you again to make us soft. Father, would you put us in situations that make us feel uncomfortable if it exposes the reality of where we are? Father, I ask you where we are ignorant to our own heart, Lord, would you reveal uh, those things? The Spirit of God, would you help us please to hear the words of God's affirmation over us. I pray even this week, Lord Jesus, as we pray and as we read our Bibles, Father, as we maybe meet together, I ask you that we would have the experience of the voice of the Father coming and we hear it for ourselves. Father, I feel so inadequate. I'm just a preacher, but you are God. But you are God. So I look for your mighty voice, please, to speak into your children. I pray that everybody here would be rock solid, secure in the love of God, in the fact that they are affirmed by a father who loves them and is proud of them. It's my desire, Lord. I lift that request to you. Let it be the case, Father. Help us to uh, encourage one another. Help us not to bat encouragement away. Help us to receive it. Be grateful for it. Lord Jesus, even to ask for more. <laughs> Pray that in the name of Jesus. Why don't we just have a moment where we're still? Why don't we invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us? Let's just do that for a minute. I feel like I need to say this to some of you. Don't allow the Word of God to become an intellectual exercise. Don't let it stick in your head. Don't let it all be just about the Greek. Let it be about the truth of what God says so that your heart is changed. God has brought you into relationship with him to make you more like his son. Allow him to do it. I also need to say this. Your, your job today is not to judge what I have said. Your, your job is to respond to the prompting of God. Listen to the word, don't judge the word. So Father, I pray for your blessing over us in the name of Jesus. Amen.